this horrible year never end? We've never lost a year before, and I'll be damned if we're gonna lose one on my shift. January 1st. Better get going on those taxis, Nettie. Let's go! And coming at you from the basement, down in the basement of WCPTA 20 in Chicago, it's the sports gimmick of the Bears 1! It doesn't matter, though. The season's over. But hey, Paul Aceus, they played every game in the snow. I think they'd be 17-0. I heard they were a 5-0 home win streak. After starting the season 0-3 at home, starting with my Raiders, the Bears went on a win streak at home to end the season at Soldier Field. Uh, are you doing all right, Paul? Your, your shirt looks really torn up. I, uh, I'm sad the Raiders lost. I think their playoff hopes are dashed. It's, uh, it's a sad time. Oh, I thought you just got traded to Atlanta. Yeah. Hey, but uh, the Pistons finally won a game. So we get our wing stop now. Yeah, we can get wing stop. They uh, now they're three and twenty nine after losing twenty eight straight games. Well, that's good because the station pays us some pe- pennies. So I think by now we have enough money to actually get some wings from wing stop. And of course, if you're a Lions fan, you're upset after the referees uh, rigged the game against the Cowboys last night. We're not going to talk about that though. No, I really don't think we should. But you know what we should talk about, Paul Aceus? What's that? White Sox did something. Something, yeah. They added, uh, in the last week, they've added Chris Flexen, get a little bit of uh, starting pitching. Uh, Tim Hill, they get a little bit of relief pitching. Uh, Martin Maldonado, they get a little bit of catching. Uh, A lot of of guys that are bargain bin finds and... Nice roll pieces on a better team, but the Sox aren't really going to be contenders if these are the guys that they're leaning on. Yeah, looking at everyone's stats from the past couple of years, you know, and especially the year before, it's like, oh my goodness. Chris Getz must have had like a buy two, get one free sale with some of these guys. It is such like just, it's, you know, especially when we're seeing, I mean, Grandal, yeah, he should be the heck out of here. But seeing guys like Tim Anderson walk, most like Liam Hendricks walk, it's like, and these are the guys that are, we get to see for all of 2024. It's just like, it's very White Sox. If last year's team was under the expectation, I think this year's team will be over the expectation only because the expectation is going to be low. They are already looking like a 100-loss team. If they can do anything better than that, I'd say it's a successful season. I would say so, too, but a new report actually came out right before we started recording. Uh, The White Sox are interested in Frankie Montas, but not his price tag per Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, well, that former... uh, Out of all the guys, you know, they've traded away so many great players in their their lives, so bringing back uh, Frankie would be... Uh, right on par. It'd be like Gio, Gio Gonzalez, you know, the type of guy that they ended up trading away before he made his debut, and then after he made his debut, they tried to trade to get him back so many times. It's a, a very White Sox move. But we're not going to talk about the White Sox anymore, other than uh, Chris Sale, former White Sox player, getting traded to the Atlanta Braves, so that could be really interesting. And former White Sox pitcher, Lucas Giolito is actually going to be pitching with the Boston Red Sox next year. But other than that, that's the only White Sox we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about in this episode, 2023, some of the biggest stories, the winners, the losers, the big business stories of 2023. I'm going to throw it over to Mercado. Mercado, take it away. Sure, the Chicago Bears will be once again drafting very high in the NFL draft. Sure, the Blackhawks may have a superstar in their hands, but they will be drafting very high in the NHL draft coming up. The Chicago Bulls will be drafting very high in the NBA draft coming up. 
the Chicago White Sox. Well, let's just say there's talks about going to a new city. And the Cubs, it was a heartbreaking end of September. The year may be coming to an end, and there may have been so many heartbreaks, but it's full of love here on the Sports Cubicle as we draw the end of 2023. I'm Mike Mercado. It is Devin Tingle. It is Paul Shavar. We hope each and every one of you is having a safe and wonderful end of 2023 and a joyous beginning of 2024. And we are here to talk about the year that was in sports, the champions, the triumphs, all the great moments that we saw on our beloved four and all the other major sports. But before we get to all that, why don't we take a listen on three of the big ones that we have been talking about here on the Sports Cubicle. Lowry searching, looking, looking. Finds Struce back to Larry. There it is. Three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound. Caldwell Pope. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. In one of the big moments, the Denver Nuggets, the Joker, won his NBA championship, his first NBA championship. But that wasn't the only first that we saw in the major sports. Why don't we take a look at what happened on the ice over in Las Vegas. 20 seconds remaining. The Golden Knights start to celebrate on their bench. But that wasn't the only team to win their first championship in 2023. Why don't we see what happened in the desert of Arizona? In their 63rd season. Going back and listening to some of these moments, watching them, whether you're a fan of those three teams and all the other teams that won national championships, that won in the WNBA, that won in all these different sports, I think how cool 2023 was. So hearing those moments, I'll throw it to you, Paulie. Anything stick out to you? We've talked about the different champions, the crowning achievements, but really appreciating 2023 and we'll start with the Rangers since you're the local baseball guy how amazing of a run that was for Texas how amazing of a season it was in Major League Baseball we talked about the World Baseball Classic kind of putting it all together uh, putting a a bow on Major League Baseball 2023 uh, it, it was weird the rule changes kind of provided a little bit of a different tone of the game the playoff expansion that we've seen over the couple of the seasons now provided a little bit of randomness of so all of the best teams got knocked out after having that that delay from uh, getting a buy into the divisional round. Uh, it, it, I mean, the Rangers aren't a surprise. They were they were a good team all season, but dropped the division on the the last day of the regular season uh, when the Houston Astros ended up winning on that last Sunday and the Rangers lost. It, it, I mean, all in all, I thought it was a good season. I thought the Rangers were representative of one of the better teams, maybe the best team in the season, so it was exciting. Um, but one of the things we're not talking about with, with some of these big sports stories, a lot of stuff off of the uh, away from the courts, away from the fields, the business side of things really was the big impact in 2023. But I also wanted to circle back to what you said at the top of this segment when you mentioned all these Chicago teams drafting high. What Mike Mercado meant was not that their draft positions, not only are they going to be uh, really early on in the drafts, but the cerebral state of mind of all of these teams <laughs> have been uh, that they're, they're quite high with the way they're running these organizations. Oh, that is as poetic as it again as you think about the ownerships and all these different teams in Chicago and I want to talk about Losers, since we're talking about Chicago teams in just a second. But, Devin, let me go to you. We're talking about winners right now, and we're going to get back to to kind of the off-the-field stuff. But really fast, you heard the Rangers, you heard the Nuggets, the Knights, all these other teams. Your thought, putting a bow at the end of NFL, MLB, NBA of 2023. I guess I'm having deja vu, I must say. So we had three teams in their first-ever championship in their respectful league. I mean... 
I can't think of a time that's ever happened before. I mean, if you guys can think of, I know they've every team had to win their first that's won a championship, obviously, but three in the same year, it's pretty crazy. And to go back on what Paul Asher's over there said, I mean, at least we could say that we have three top 10 Chicago teams in the draft position, at least. And if you just pretend, if pretend that, you know, the draft position isn't based on wins and losses. It's just based on things like your owner's pretty smile. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a, a, the only things. Even then, we won't win with some of the teams in Chicago. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and talk about losers since we're here already, right? Like we're being facetious. Like obviously, there was a lot of good that came in some Chicago sports. There was some fun. If you're a Cub fan, if you're a Bulls fan, you're looking forward to the trade deadline. The White Sox. It's a new day. We'll see what happens with Chris Guts and everything down there. But but the Bears, obviously, the end of this season, the start of a new regime. There was a lot of stuff that happened off the field for the Bears this season, Paulie. Where are you with the sad states of some of the teams here in Chicago as we draw the end of 2023? Uh, there's really no hope for a lot of these different teams. Oh, and Devin, by the way, 2019, I, I saw uh, Toronto Raptors, Washington Nationals, and um, St. Louis Blues all won their right. first championships that year. But that's rare. It's, it's extremely rare that, that you see that happening um, but I, I really had to like go back and look that one up um, I mean yeah we, we could break it down by a team uh, the, the Bulls I think could be the most interesting because I think they have assets to trade and I think with the right moves you know the right situations is going to take a lot of change you know maybe Billy Donovan doesn't end up being the coach anymore maybe you find a home for Vooch maybe I think if you restructure that team you might have something better because what they have going they expected it to be one of the better teams in the east and it's one of the worst teams in the east with the Cubs we saw that they have a baseline that they were they just missed the playoffs by a hair yeah, they're they're major players for for certain free agents, but uh, as we're recording this, they haven't really hit on a big one yet. But there's still enough of a base there where they should be a decent enough team in a bad enough division and now have the best manager from that division, Craig Council, coming from the Brewers so that they are the most optimistic look for 2024. White Sox are a wild card. We don't know exactly what this team is, but we know that they haven't been making the moves that are wowing you and impressing you. Sure, they could be a team that might be a surprise standout, but anything uh, remotely close to a championship is, uh, is laughable. Blackhawks have Connor Bedard. So, I mean, yeah, they got to put a team around him, but they're still kind of in the early goings. Uh, and then the Bears, you know, the the you, you, we got to know what they're going to do with their quarterback at the end of the season. Of course, they they might be in another rebuild. We don't know. Um, as we're recording this, Matt Eberflus might still have a job. Um, you know, there's another week left to go in the season. There's no way they're going to make the playoffs. We don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback with one of their draft picks early on. We don't know if they're going to trade Justin Fields, keep Justin Fields, build around Justin Fields, blow up the whole thing. We don't know if Ryan Poles is still going to have a job. They're going to sign Jalen Johnson. You know, and, and when I was reviewing 2023, some of the big stories, I'd forgotten that Kevin Warren was hired in 2023. We haven't heard from him. That's why. Yeah. It's, well, it was January yeah. Yeah. when he got hired, and it, it to me, it feels like he's been here for a couple of years mm -hmm. and not just almost one full season. So I'm really glad, though, that you brought up some of the optimism for some of these teams if you're looking for that. I, let's leave the negativity in 2023 moving into 2024. So, Paul, before we turn the calendar, let's leave a grievance back here and let's look forward to the future. So before we do that, what was the one thing that disappointed you the most in the year 2023? with a Chicago sports team, an international sports team, something that emotionally or personally impacted you and as a fan that you want to leave back in this year and you want to look forward into 2024. It could be the White Sox. It could be whatever. But I have so many to choose yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, I Do know. I choose the White Sox losing 100 games when they were expected to be decent? Do I choose... Uh, uh, me personally, Manchester City winning the 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 European Cup. Do I choose the the Raiders uh, actually going through with Josh McDaniels? But but the bright side is they fired him Dude. after after things looked so bland and one dimensional under this offensive guru that they they decided to clean house with four and a half years left to go on his contract. You gotta like that. But 
<clears throat> to pick one thing, I think the the White Sox losing 100 games because as a fan, it just it it turned me so far away from the game, and it pivoted me more towards what I do anyway, where I like watching the entire league. So the White Sox did me a favor by removing me from the fandom so that I can enjoy the baseball season without them. I like that. That's not that's actually a pretty good way of looking at it and positivity heading into the new year. So Devin, before we get to the negative negativity, some optimism for the teams in Chicago looking into 2024. Who do you think if you think so or some optimism thoughts for fans of of the struggling Chicago teams I think the only two teams I have any hope for them with the 2024 would be the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago Blackhawks I mean the Cubs you know were so very close to making it through the wild card last year and they fell apart they fired David Ross you know have the most the highest paid manager in baseball at the time of recording you know things can always change you don't know who will get hired next and of course the Blackhawks have Connor Bedard and they're building a team around him they're they're clearly not going to, you know, be a playoff team this year, but, you know, moving into the 2024-2025 season, I can definitely see the Blackhawks at least squeaking in, you know, maybe through a wild card or in the first round, you know, divisional, something along those lines here. The Bears and the White Sox. Uh, you said save the negativity. You know, come back to me because I have a lot to say about the negativity of Chicago sports. Well, why don't we go into it? Let's leave that negativity in 2023. What negativity do you want to leave behind in 2023 moving into 2024? Well, to go off what Paul Asia said, yeah, the White Sox were the biggest disappointment, but I don't want to go and just be like parroting. So let's talk about. The... As far as the White Sox, let's just leave Tony LaRusa behind. Yes. <laughs> Retire. So I. I'm just going to go in and talk about a little team, the you know, team my sweater, the Chicago Bears. It's radio. Y'all can't see. Let's just take a look. We lost to Jordan Love in his first ever, you know, <laughs> professional stop, not his first professional start, but as the full-time starter for the Green Bay Packers in a pretty disappointingly loss. We get annihilated by the Kansas City Chiefs. The <laughs> most watched game of 2023 because Taylor Swift's in the bleeping crowd and all these people got to see the Bears suck Ass. We're Swifties here, by the way. The Broncos, when Russell Wilson was playing, after they came off a 70-something point loss, we lose them 31-28. to We just barely lose. In a game that they were winning by like a couple touchdowns late, too. We annihilate Paul's Raiders. Yeah. That was during the Josh McDaniels era. We'll let that slide <laughs> we here. We just welcome to talk barely about squeak above the North, uh, the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the NFL. We lose it to the Lions in the last friggin' second. The Vikings with a backup, backup quarterback. We just beat them by two. And then my favorite, Joe Flacco, comes out of retirement. 370 freaking yards. We just barely. A miracle play. Hail Marys never work. I've played Madden enough to know they never friggin' work. Mooney catches it, kicks it off his dang foot. Intercepted. Bears lose. Joe Flacco is considered elite. He is Tim Tebow in the fourth quarter. Freaking clean house. Fire Getsy. Fire Ibrufus. Fire everybody. Oh, that's on my t-shirt here, too. Get rid of all of them. I am done. I want to be optimistic. But unless we clean house in the Chicago Bears up at Hallis Hall, no optimism. To be fair, it's the worst week of the season so far. You know, it's funny the, that the Browns are the team that's like beating up on the Bears right now. Um, but uh, something that kind of flashed on my Facebook timeline, it was showing the Hail Mary from 2001 where the Bears beat the, or the Bears tied the Browns to go to overtime and then Mike Brown gets the, the interception, but then it was so long ago. You ever have deja vu? So if you're looking for some optimistic views for, let's say, the Chicago White Sox, I think for White Sox and White Sox fans, the organization, this is a chance to prove to your fan base to choose to the critics, to show everyone that you are serious about real structure and foundational change. We know that you can't really say that without a smile on your face and a little bit of a giggle, but this is the optimistic view of if it's going to happen, if there's an opportunity to prove to your fandom that you're serious about it, it's this moment right now. For the Chicago Bears, it's simple. You have choices. You have moves that are going to be frustrating. You have moves that are going to make people upset, that's going to break people's hearts, that's going to question whether or not people believe in your ability. But you have options. You have decisions to be made, and I think you have have some talent that if you make the right choice,
choices, you could put yourself in a winning position. For the Chicago Blackhawks, is just go all in on Connor Bedard. Don't mess this up. Just make sure the fan base is back. You've done your best as an organization to make sure that you right any of those sins that your organization has done. Stay with that. Keep doing that. Stay on track. And if the Chicago Bulls are any indication of what the White Sox might have in hand, it's frustrating, it's tough, but again, you have to trust that the minds that are there are smart, are intelligent enough to make the right moves. For Bulls fans, it's simple. You gotta hope that they just tank and dump all the salary and start over. Start fresh and hope that you can find your superstar. For the Chicago Cubs, it's simple. It's right there for you in the taking, but you have to make a move. You have to be aggressive enough to know that every opportunity is not guaranteed. And if right now a manager that you really believe in fell in your lap, That's not enough to guarantee anything or to guarantee the success because that happened. You got lucky in that scenario. Now you have to create your own luck by getting certain players. And luckily you have the assets to do that. So there is some optimism for a lot of these teams. And I think as frustrating as it's been in 2023, 2024 can have some promise for a lot of these teams. And what I'm going to leave behind in 2023, and this is for all sports teams here, stop resting on your laurels and on your heritage and on your history and on a dumb fan base that spends all its money on jerseys, jerseys, season tickets, and concession stands. Because Chicago fan base deserves better. It's a smarter fan base than it's given credit for by the owners here. I challenged the owners of Chicago to do right by the fans. And I challenge the sports fan of Chicago to challenge the owners in these matters. That's the negativity I want to leave behind, but that's the challenge I want to send out to the fans and to the teams themselves. I guess I'll just leave it at this, that uh, 2022 was an intense year for me as a, as a, a Liverpool fan. 2023 was not <laughs> as good in the first half of the year, but the second half has been great. They're looking like that they might be competing for another title again this year. So that's that's where I'm leaving my negativity. I'm leaving 2023 Liverpool in 2023. And his fantasy football team in 2023. That too. You make me sick. 2023 has been awesome. It has been a wonderful growth for the show. Devin, thank you so much for all the production work, for making sure we get on the air every single Sunday on WCPT and WSBC and all over the internet. I want to thank Paul for taking the reins of the production as producer of the Sports Cubicle. Some of the amazing guests that we've had in 2023, you can directly thank Paul for doing it. We want to thank Marvel for always making time for us, for always being there, for being an asset, and for being an awesome team member. And more importantly, we want to thank you. 2023 could not have happened without you, the listeners of the Sports Cubicle. We're down here in the basement of the basement of WCPT, and somehow you find us and make us a part of your day. So we want to thank you, and we want to wish each and every one of you a happy and healthy 2024. He's Devin Tingle. He's Paul Shavari. It's Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado. Continue on the celebration of 2024 finally arriving by looking at some of the crazy business deals on the sports world that really shook things up in 2023. It's Paul Shavari, it's Devin Tingle, I'm Mike Mercado, and throughout the entire show, we've been talking about the champions, the stories, what Chicago sports teams can do. It's been kind of the conversation over the last few weeks, right? Especially when we get to this time to really reflect on the year that was and kind of have an idea of what the year is going to be in the future. But before we go too far into the future, there has been foundation set for the future. And a lot of it had to do with things going on off the field. And I actually want to give some credit to our source for uh, this conversation just kind of give us a blueprint kind of a a, a, an idea of a lot of crazy stuff that happened in 2023 this is from awful announcing the 10 biggest sports business stories of 2023 and there are some that didn't even make this list that were huge stories on the sports cubicle itself that had their own segment that's how crazy 2023 was and i want to start off with one that just jumps up to the top of the page and that's the pga and live golf merging together and the impact that that was because i remember here on the sports cubicle how many conversations we had about these players that opted to make the big money out in 
Saudi Arabia's Live Golf and do their tournaments and what it meant for the Masters, what it meant for the Open, the U.S. Open, all these other uh, big-time majors. And we finally found out that money won and the players that opted out got what they wanted and now they compete for the Masters and all these other majors and that story kind of just shook the foundation. Paulie, when you heard that story on earlier on this year of the PGA and Live Golf merging together, having this this kind of this new power man trip that they're going to go through to avoid any of the weirdness we were talking about over the year, what were your initial thoughts? You're talking about when Live and PGA merged, and when Live or when Live emerged as a no, competitor. When, well, I mean, in 2023, they merged together. Yeah, they did. They did. But uh, was it 2022 when Liv first started or was yeah. that this year? No, okay. I, yeah, I, I guess I remember just kind of flashing back to 2022 that people didn't really take Liv or Saudi Arabia's money that serious. And and I, I saw it from the football standpoint, the soccer community, that you saw Saudi Arabian dollars were, you know, or whatever their, their currency is, was, you know, dominating kind of the sports world. They wanted to, uh, you know, kind of invest in various markets in the sports world. They have serious amounts of money and money always talks. So I, I think the merger was good on PGA's part because there's no way they were going to be able to compete with that. I think there was an unlimited amount of money coming from Liv's side, whereas PGA is so um, in-house and, uh, you know, kind of like a monopoly and and I think because they never truly had a competitor, they never really had to um, kind of fight to market their sport in such a way where they couldn't they could prevent it. You know, so it's like the NFL, like they could prevent a competitor from really truly trying to compete with them. But but here you have all of a sudden live poaches the best golfers, some of the best golfers. Now that ruins the PGA's ability to market. So. They had to do it. It's a win for Liv. At the same time, you know, golf is going to be golf. So, I mean, regardless of how many competing bodies that you want, it's always going to come down to the best of the best are going to compete somewhere. So, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it's it, – is it the right thing? I don't know, but it was eventually going to happen if if it uh, wasn't going to be a monopoly. This is the way that there was going to be a competitor to come in and try and take the sway that the PGA had. Yeah, and I'm with you. And I don't think the PGA, any of that committee, earned any benefit to believe they were going to be able to navigate through any of this, that they were going to be able to have a easy hand working with the players themselves. And we knew that if the right deal came along, if the right enough pressure came along, that they were going to fold one way or the other. And they knew certain players not playing in Augusta was going to mean something. Not going to Europe for the Open was going to mean something. Not playing for the U.S. Open was going to mean something. And they folded. And when you hear that, Devin, whether or not it was a smart business decision, whether or not it's even – you can avoid it in, in 2023, now going to 2024, having money come from certain places, right? Like we know how complicated these geopolitical issues are, but – Quickly, Devin, what did you think about Live Golf and the PGA merging together earlier on in 2023? I thought the CBT is the perfect place to talk about this, Mercado, because from the business standard, it makes plenty of sense. As Paul said, money talks here. From an ethical sense, it's kind of like, you know, I believe you and I talked about Live Golf when it first came out in last year and how it's like, this is just downright, what the heck are you doing here? And, of course, we all know how Saudi Arabia is. I mean, granted, they're not killing PGA golfers. So of course, they're going to poach their competition here. And, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know if it would have necessarily been like a if they didn't go poaching people before this merger happened. I mean, let's be real here. Golf was always on TV in the spring and in the summer. Every time you're in your dentist, your doctor's office, what was on that TV screen the weekends? Golf. I never watched it. I always found it boring. A lot of people tend to do that, too. So, I mean... From the ethical standard, I kind of hate the whole thing because I don't think we should, you know, be working with those companies. But then again, Mercado, we just spent $30 on a company that takes how much money from Saudi Arabia every year? No, it's a great point. And something that's not on the list and is a big moment is WWE being sold to Endeavor, UFC, WWE, now TKO, both 
these companies making this big company now and the impact of that. And, and Holly has talked about it before the Fenway group, the groups over in, in the EPL, all these other entities being brought in sports wash essentially by Saudi Arabia. But uh, there's a lot of stuff we want to get into, but Paulie, any final thoughts before we move on? I mean, it was such a major story and just the, the branches we go with Saudi Arabia, but any final thoughts about kind of the craziness, the, the year of Saudi Arabia really implementing themselves in a lot of different things that American sports watchers uh, enjoy and consume. Uh, they're not done yet. They're going to dictate the market for the immediate. We'll see what sort of major economic impact this has on sports going forward in the next 20 to 50 years. And something that will have an impact in sports in the next five years, four years, mm-hmm. three years, it was the sale of the Washington Commanders. Now, before we get to that, really fast for NFL watchers, there was also a seismic shift in the way you consume the product, whether it was the continuation of Amazon Prime. But the big thing was NFL Sunday ticket moving to YouTube, kind of that new generation of viewer trying to drag in all these cable cutters and this new implement implementation that you're seeing from the NFL and then coinciding into we're seeing these teams worth so much money and Washington, what, $6 billion. And that's not to, and Washington's a, a legacy franchise, but we're not talking. We're still not talking about the green Bay Packers, the Chicago bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Vegas Raiders. Like we're, st- we're still and they're right there, right? Then you you put the the commanders right there, especially if they had their old infamous name, that cachet that it would have had with the history. But, I mean, the sale of, of Washington and these new stadiums being built here in Chicago, we know the evaluation of the Bears, how massive that's going to be once Arlington Heights goes down. Uh, I want to go to you, Paulie, because I know this is something – I know Devin is the one that, that likes to wear – the and root on his commander Sam Howe, shout out who destroyed a lot of playoff <laughs> teams. But uh, I want to go with you, Paulie, because of somebody who a fan of a legacy team as well. Seeing them move locations, build this new stadium, seeing how much they're worth. Your thoughts on the sale and this new from the from the Denver Broncos a season ago to now Washington, the craziness of NFL teams and it, it, it what they're worth now. This was well, it, I think that's that's about right. When you consider how prices have kind of inflated and values of certain teams, I know it makes them, I think the most valuable team, but that's only by the appraisal of the sale. You know, other, otherwise you could assume what the value of certain franchises are. So is Washington the most valuable franchise on earth? No, but uh, at per sale, yes, right now they, they are the standard bearer, but this is a long overdue sale. They moved on from Daniel Snyder. That's a huge win for the NFL. That's a huge win for Washington. They need to upgrade that stadium or move to a different stadium uh, and, and figure some things out. They need to figure out if they're truly the commanders or if they're the Washington football team or if they're the Red Hawks or whatever they, they want to figure out they want to be. I don't know if commanders is the one that they're going to land on. At the same time, it does kind of sound like a classic football name if you really think about it. Um, you know, But that franchise needed the sale. It needs to, to write the ship. It needs to figure out their brand. And yeah, it is a legacy franchise. Even with the, the brand change, it's still such a, a unique division with the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants. And, and every year how there, there never seems to be a repeat champion. So um, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what they do going forward. And it's going to be exciting to see what the next team to make a sale would be. I, I don't know who's on the dock because, you know, you mentioned uh, – the Bears, it could, but I, I can't see it leaving the McCaskey or Hallis family anytime soon unless it's like a shared partnership. And then, the, of course, the Packers, I don't know how you go about doing a sale with the Packers. You have to ask, I think, what, thousands of people <laughs> for permission to make the sale in order to even approve it on the Green Bay end. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting, but I don't think the, the commanders are worth $6 billion, uh, truly. But uh, congratulations to the NFL for losing Dan, Daniel Snyder. Congratulations to all of NFL fans for losing all of us and all, you know what? All female employees too, right? Like uh, shout out, you know, that freaking monster. Uh, Yeah. uh, Devin, you rooted the team that that monster owned. Uh, You want to talk about how you feel about them uh, being worth 6 billion now? 
Sure, but I want to do classify Mike Mercado. In week 15, Jacoby Brissett is the one who destroyed everyone's playoff team. Let's get real here. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a crazy thing to say. And I mean, it was just fun to say Washington football team. Definitely one of those great ones here. I mean, uh, D- Daniel Snyder is a, uh, how do I put this uh, for radio? POS? Is POS a good one? Is that Fair. safe? That's safe. a gigantic yeah. POS. Yes. And at the end of the day, I'm not so much for, I, you know, I I don't like when you're going to try and push an owner out like this, but you know, the fact is, you know, Paul can attest, you know, his some, uh, I won't mention names, but you know, Daniel Snyder was in some emails with some uh, guy who may or may not been a part of the team that's on that uh, flag in uh, Paul Lacey's. Technically, so, I don't think he was an employee of the team that, uh, that was on this flag when, uh, when those emails were sent. I apologize, but still. POS he is, was employed by them, but I don't think he was an employee when those emails were sent. Yeah, TOS was in the NFL here. So, I mean, <laughs> allegedly. Like, you know, a guy who literally screamed, I will never change the name from Redskins. And then a week later said, We're changing the name. Then's like, We're going to, you know, he got, he was stupid with it. Someone trademarked all the names he wanted. And rather than pay whoever trademarked them, he said, Washington football team. He couldn't even do WTF right, guys. He was messing with <laughs> Washington team football. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the, the, you know, like a Liverpool. No, I take it back. Never yeah, like that. It would work. Yeah, it one of those things where it's nice. Just, you know, what's the word? It's like you love seeing, you know, people get just what they deserve here. I mean, yeah, of course, he's going to. He's going to walk away with a big fat, you know, con, you know, big fat check. So in the end, does he really lose? No. And here's the thing. Six, well, you said six billion. I don't know about you guys, but I could gladly retire on six billion. I mean, our, our lovely GM might not be able to, but I can definitely live with that kind of money right there. Speaking of billions, we do have another deal that came by, and that is the Shohei Otani deal. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on that because obviously it's we've been talking about recent it. news. Go back yeah. a couple episodes. Yeah, we've been talking about it forever. Seven hundred million. And we'll we'll be alive to see the first billion dollar athlete. That'll be the only uh piece I will put about the Shohei deal happening. And we are breaking down some of the major stories that happen in the sports world off the field that will impact on the field some of these crazy business deals these are the top 10 sports business stories according to awful announcing of 2023 and we move on to the death of the pac-12 again we don't really cover college football here but it is something that i think we all have to show some type of of acknowledgement for that we did see them happening this way and the fact that we've seen so many legacy programs change into different conferences, new rivalries coming. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, Paulie, because I know we don't necessarily cover it and it's tough on Saturday nights, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, all these other days. But the death of the Pac-12 is kind of sad because it just means that it, it is a whole new day, different rivalries are happening, and we're going to have to get used to brand new schedules and USC playing Northwestern for the Big Ten East Division or whatever. Well, you got to realize I'm old enough to remember when what Big East football, Big East basketball, uh, Big Eight uh, before the Big 12, uh, Southwestern Conference. You know, the conferences don't even make sense anymore. Once Missouri joined the Southeastern Conference, that's when you knew it didn't even matter anymore. And, and then, you know, Notre Dame kind of like their toe in the ACC water. And then, you know, everything, you know, with the, directly to the Pac-12 when USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. And then I, I think I remember kind of joking at the time that, um, you know, Oregon would join the ACC. And isn't there a, a Pac-12 team joining the ACC, the Atlantic Coastal Conference? It, it doesn't make sense anymore. And then this is this further pushes my argument that I think as far as college football, since the power five conferences don't matter, case in point, Florida State going undefeated in a power five conference, not even making it into the final four. Um, what's the point? I think they should go to a relegation uh, tier system in, in college football. You're guaranteed marquee matchups every week. Your champion will be determined. Uh, you could do a playoff if you want to truly determine it with the top four, you know, but I think you could even go without a playoff 
and determine your champion that way. Um, I know there's there's arguments why what I'm proposing is a stupid idea, and I get that, but um, college football is dumb, so it doesn't really matter. It's a fashion show that happens to have a football game breakout, so it doesn't really matter who the champion is. Um, Florida State got robbed. Georgia got robbed by losing that one game. Texas overachieved and doesn't deserve to be there. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Jim Harbaugh shouldn't even be coaching. Um, but that's that's my college football rant. That's all I'm going to say about that until the champions are crowned. Spicy ball putting college football to rest in 2023. Watch out, 2024. Kevin, you heard him give him a Stone Cold stunner and an elbow drop, and he is ready for WrestleMania Paul versus NCAA college football. He Some great points from Paulie kind of wrapping up all the stuff, the craziness of college football and the ending of conferences and new realignment. But Devin, moving from the collegiate level to the pro level really fast, all-time record highs for the NFL. We're talking random games on Monday, random games on Thursday, random games on Saturday are destroying records that the NFL previously owned. Really fast before we move on to some of the other major things, is the train going to slow down anytime soon for the NFL? Well, it depends. What are the ratings? And if the ratings are doing good, absolutely not here. I mean, you're onto something there because a few weeks back, we had like the first Saturday game of the season. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, I'm used to that only being during playoff time, which makes sense to me here. But again, like, you know, we should know what Thursday night football, that was kind of, you know, we, we thought it would stop there. And now, you know, we're getting mid-season Saturday games. And it's not like, you know, when, I mean, last year when Christmas fell on a Sunday, I understood having Christmas Eve games. But, you know, now we're just to the point where it's like, I don't think we're going to slow down anytime soon. And, you know, we're seeing so many players get injured now. And you think maybe someone in, you know, the NFL's higher office, you know, Roger Goodell, I like to keep the players of the NFL healthy and safe. Sure as hell and give a sha-la-la-la-la. I just love singing around the holidays. Sure doesn't get two dams about, you know, these players' fatigue levels, these players not getting injured. I mean, I would love to see, like, what the injury, like, rate is now compared to the past few years here. And we know every, you know, dumbass who's on uh, stations that are not WCPT and lean way more uh, not to the left. They're going to blame it on the vaccines here. But, you know, I definitely see it as we're just working the players way too hard. You know, if you have a Thursday night football game and you got to come back play on Sunday, you're not getting nearly as much rest as some of the other guys here. Or if you have a Thursday night football and you have a Saturday game the next week, you're getting little to no rest about that here. Or if you have a Monday night football and then a Thursday night, you're kind of SL on a grand. I know the NFL tries not to do that too much, but you know, it does happen from time to time. You guys are bringing some fire when it comes to some of the things we have to keep an eye on that we saw in 2023, moving on to 2024. So there's two main stories I want to finish off this edition, kind of put a rest in 2023 as we look forward into 2024, what's going to be a prosperous year for everybody listening to the Sports Cubicle. For all you who have joined us, we appreciate you. It's Devin Siegel. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado. Of course, a shout out to Dan Marver. I'm going to throw this one to you, Paulie, as we kind of wrap things up over the last few ones. Leano Messi, El Goat, joins Major League Soccer, comes to America, and you talk about the hottest ticket in the world, right? And the biggest story for months and the will he, won't he, the impact. A crazy story that was. And it happened, you know, it seemed to be that that come and go thing. There, It was a, a hot topic. It was on fire. And then the season happened. There were some great moments. But the impact of Messi coming to the United States, your thoughts of, of that in 2023 for the soccer world. Uh, forgive my Spanish, but Miami es, uh, es el Rey, uh, it's the <laughs> king of sports, right? It's, uh, you know, I, it kind of reminds me of when LeBron went to Miami just for, for the Miami aspect of it, how big of a sports city that is. But um, that's huge for Major League Soccer. It, it gives them some legitimacy to get uh, Messi, arguably the greatest of all time, uh, arguably the greatest of right now. Um, coming off of winning the World Cup, too, to kind of um, put a bow on his career. He doesn't need to do anything. He could retire. He could have gone to Saudi Arabia. He could have gone back to Barcelona, but he chose Miami. Um, it, it's about as big as when David Beckham played in, in the MLS, and Beckham was the one that brought him to, uh, to Miami, or at least was helped, helped uh, make that happen. 
um, it's big. And and they won, um, even though the team was in last place in MLS, they still won like a domestic cup uh, right off the bat. So uh, that or a continental cup, whatever it was, you know, so either way it was, it was big. Um, he's had an impact. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy how he's still talented at 37 years old or however old he is uh, still kind of dominating, even though, MLS isn't one of the top leagues in the world. It's probably maybe like eighth to 10th, depending on the debate, um, you know, where you want to place it, but it's still a legit league professional players. It's neat to see him playing in the United States. And hopefully that'll encourage other European players to, to play over here uh, within and without their careers. I mean, I, I would hope to see MLS competing on the same level as La Liga, Premier League, Bundesliga. That's, that's a pipe dream. Um, but but just to have it be um, the United States soccer becoming more and more of a legitimate um, area for soccer, whether on the international stage or the domestic stage, it, it's huge. And Messi kind of helps legitimize that by playing for Miami. So the last thing I want to hit on, guys, as we kind of look at some of the big stories, right? And the Messi thing was really cool because it was something that happened on the field and it was as pure as it could be, right? A team paid X amount of money, athlete came in, made an impact. What I want to talk about is something that's happening in the sports world off the field when it comes to your television, when it comes to the way you bet, the way you consume it. And that is the Bally Sports Bankruptcy and ESPN getting into betting proper. Now, we can spend a lot of time. We should spend a lot of time more in detail with this. But I'll give you my thesis, my very short thesis on this. When you see that over 40 teams between the major sports are now up in the air because they were part of a 19 regional packages that Bally had and just in a moment because of bankruptcy that they filed are gone. You don't know as a consumer how you're going to get your game. You don't know if it's going to go streaming, if it's going to go cable. And then you have ESPN changing away from news and magazine journalism to opinions, to hot take, a transformation that's been happening for years. Right now, sports fans are at a crossroads when it comes to how to consume and trust their medium, their media, and what they enjoy in sports. And how do you trust ESPN when they have money in the game? How do you trust where you're going to consume your favorite baseball team when you don't know if it's going to be there the next season? If you're going to be able to log into your computer to watch Cubs versus Rangers, White Sox versus Yankees. We don't know. Right now, in 2024, sports fans have to be as due diligent as they can be, as they ever have been, to make sure they are getting the best bang for their dollar and they aren't getting screwed over by these multi-billion dollar corporations. And I think it's a really interesting thing now that we have lost a lot of these shows like Real Time Sports. Like we lost a lot of these magazine shows with real journalists and Pat McAfee, Stephen A. Smith, all these other shows, the, the barstool sports are getting multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars of deals. Where is the, the safe haven for sports fans to know they are getting the best product? These are the questions I raise and I challenge and I hope to be wrong that we don't have to talk about in 2024 but it's something that happened in 2023 with that. That was a lot of news. That was a lot of craziness that happened off the field. I'm going to give you guys each 30 seconds because the, the, the ball is going down. We're about to pop champagne. It is 2024, baby. Pauly craziness in 2023. Final thoughts, my friend. Uh, just to piggyback on what you were saying, the regional sports packages, it's neat to see. I think the Minnesota twins are going to go to a, um, I think a streaming um, you know, they're not going to do the blackout restrictions. So I, I'm hoping that um, because of the ever-changing media landscape and how sports has kind of dictated that in media, um, I, I think media is pushing back on sports. I think we're going to have more readily available streaming services for fans. I, and I think it won't be so limited to the blackout restrictions. I'm hoping that eventually I won't have to pay $1,000 to see the White Sox games uh, 162 of them for the season. I think there's a cheaper option out there. Um, and we'll see what it is. I don't know. I'm going to subscribe to Major League Baseball regardless. My account renews every March. I'm looking forward to watching all of the other teams. I don't need to be a White Sox fan anymore. I can watch Shohei Otani every day with the LA Dodgers. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to see how media changes in 2024 and going forward. Happy New Year, my brother. Devin, any Happy final thoughts? Yeah, thank you, Mr. Mercado. I mean, Paul raises a very valid point there, you know, that uh, streaming is kind of the way of the future. I mean, I did look it up while you guys were talking. DirecTV has 11.8 million subscribers currently. I couldn't see how many YouTube TV has because YouTube's like, well, it's users in their TV, all that BS and stuff. But, you know, it's just kind of a nice sort of thing here. And, I mean, I do agree with Paul Asia's one here. I mean, if you want to record the game, you're SOL. But you'll definitely be able to find a way to hopefully see your favorite teams here without these blackout restrictions here. And, you know, Paul, I hope you enjoy the Dodgers. I hope you enjoy your Christmas chocolate and all that stuff here. I'm kind of done with the White Sox, too, here. So, you know, if I cannot stream the White Sox in 2024, I won't be upset. But, you know, I'll be able to go to a bar to watch the game. And I also found this out, guys. You can, you know, those giveaways at the stadium, you can buy those on eBay. So I don't have to go to any games this year. I can just watch them at my own leisure because... Quite frankly, they've done nothing to keep me as a fan. That's not the topic right now here. Let's just hope 2024 is easier to watch stuff than it is now. And a wonderful 2024 Happy New Year to you, Devin. And a loving thank you to each and every one of you. Happy New Year. A shout out to Dan Marver. Happy New Year to the big guy himself. Thank you so much. We love you. I love the boys. We will see you next time here on the Sports Cubicle. It's Dan Marber. He's Paul Shabari. He's Devin Tingle. I'm Mike Mercado. Well, that's going to do it for this year's edition of the Sports Cubicle. A look back at 2023. I want to thank you all for listening. For Mike Mercado, Devin Tingle, Dan Marver, I'm Paul Shabari. This is the Sports Cubicle. We are on WCPT 820, where facts matter. You can find the Sports Cubicle. All of our episodes are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash WCPT820. We are on Twitter at SportsCubicleTV. And of course, you can search all of our different segments and highlights from each show by going to YouTube. Just search for the Sports Cubicle or go to youtube.com slash Sports Cubicle. So long, everybody, and we will see you next week. See you next year if you want to be quirky. We'll see you next year. <laughs> okay, don't do that again. I'm gonna beat your ass now. <laughs> ah! Ah!